When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to your pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. At season end, we'll announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is a character with flight. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game, they'll all count as long as they follow that theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model. Then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of the freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos at furypainting at gmail.com by February 6th to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name's Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Ruffett. How are you doing today? Chris. Jesse, I'm doing pretty good. I'm really, really excited about MCP right now. My hype has stayed from Warfare Weekend, despite not having been able to get a, a an in-person game in since Warfare Weekend, which is a bummer, but I'm working to rectify that. We got new cards, new some news uh, being released. We're fixing to hit the holiday season, where I expect we'll have an influx of new players. You know, Good things on the horizons. You and I were talking off mic even before the podcast began about how excited we are for the next year of MCP. That's right. I mean, we kind of always are. And we're going to do our year roundup, of course, the beginning of next year, like we always do, which is so fun. Every year we do that year roundup. I, I love it so much. And it really helps me to like sit back and look at how much we did over the year, you know? Yeah. Um, and and just great. relive. Yeah. You get to relive the year in MCP, the you get to go back and, and think about how you felt whenever this tactics card dropped or this character got announced and you know oh, yeah. reflect on how they changed the meta or how they didn't change the meta. It's it's very fun. I it's it's an exercise I really really appreciate. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And a big part of it for me now too is like now that the world opened up again the beginning of this year and like I kind of restarted my competitive gaming career. It's like it's like my Star Wars days again where it's like playing Star Wars competitively, making yeah. Star Wars content 
at the same time and kind of looking back at the year as a whole where it's like, I did some competitive events this year spread out throughout the year. And sometimes it feels far away. You're like, man, that was so far away. And it's like, well, it really wasn't that far away because the way the meta changes and shifts and what you're playing at that time, what you're working on. I mean, late winter, early spring, it was all convocation all day, everything for me, you know? And it's, and then I got off of that and got on some, and that was with competitive events too. And then I moved on to different teams and, you know, it's, it's just fun to look at that in the year and we will do that. And also you mentioned like end of the year stuff, of course, with Christmas. Yeah. Maybe we'll get an influx of new players. If anything, we might get some new players because all this cool mutant content, which we're going to talk about today coming out. There's a lot of fans out there of the brotherhood for starters. Yeah. And, uh, those of you tired of the mutants, I'm terribly sorry. I understand, but at the same time, too bad. Yeah. I, I respect AMG. I really like the spacing they've been doing in the mutants. I think it should satiate everyone where it's like you and I would rather have more mutants now, blah, 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 but that's not best for the game. And it's like last time we had mutants was rogue gambit and juggernaut. And that was early this year. So it's like, I kind of see a trend of like them spacing them out every so often, right? And kind of fleshing out more mutants over time. One hundred percent, I agree with you. I think it's good that that they space the mutants out, but you have to also understand a couple of points. As far as popular characters in the Marvel universe goes, I mean, half of them, maybe more, are mutants. They're just there's a ton. Right. It's it's a huge part of Marvel comic books. Just not going to get away from it and. The other point about the current frustration, I think, is Mm. we have been looking at, speculating about, and talking about Blob, Pyro, Wolverine, and Sabretooth for, what, a year? So it feels like, it feels like we've had more mutants because we've been discussing these particular four for so long. And it feels like that. It even hasn't. It hasn't even been a, a year, you know, it's just no, one of those yeah, things I, like the passage of time. But yeah, mini extravaganza this year, it was cool to get concrete information out of them saying, hey, Blob Pyro are coming. Here's their art. Logan and Sabretooth are coming. Here's their minis. Like when you get that concrete information, it is really nice. But like, I'm not worried about all these mutants we know. Let's just talk about A-list mutants, you know, like recognizable popcorn mutants that aren't in the game yet. There's many of those, you know, that come to tons. mind. Some of them, my favorite characters, and they're coming. I'm not worried about that. I have no worries with AMG. Everyone's going to get what they want, you know? Like, I want more Spider-Verse people than I actually want mutants, even though I'm an X-Men player first these days. But just personally, my want of the Spider-People is higher, but also not worried. Just not worried, you know? Patience, you know? (laughs) And guess what? I've got plenty of stuff in my paint queue, plenty of terrain I'm working on. There's lots of stuff I'm always working on. I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) This is me reminding you, Chris, right here. Right. <laughs> Everyone at home, turn around, look at all the gray behind you. It's fun to return to the news roundup, and that's what we're doing today. We're actually going to be returning to this again very soon because we're getting all the news that's come out since the last time we did news roundup. We talked Sentinels last time. Before that, we talked Shield. Today, we are talking Blob and Pyro, which is very exciting because this is something Chris has looked forward to a long time. Something we had an inkling was coming because these are iconic characters in this universe. So it makes sense they're here now and we can actually talk about them today, Chris, which is very exciting. But before we do that, we probably should take care of some business. Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games Inc. Go to discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. 
Our patrons support Furies Finest at patreon.com slash Furies Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us and joining our Discord community. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we want to send a very special shout out to Pierre. Thank you so much, Pierre. Of course, we cannot do this show without our Avenger producers, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, Rich, and Jason. Thank you, Avengers. Thanks, fellas. So, Chris, we would normally start our news segment off with an affiliation list update. Unfortunately, Blob and Pyro are not out in the wild yet, so we don't have the teams they fit on. Very soon. Very soon. They've got to be Brotherhood. I mean, that's almost a given and obvious, yeah. but we're not, we're not really going to speculate where else they could be because AMG always does a great balance of this affiliation list between lore and balance. You know, it, so I'm I'm curious, but I'm also like, I never know. I'm not going to place my chips anywhere because it's like Gwen is not a force, you know? So it's like, there's just things that yeah. you just never know. So we'll move on today from the affiliation list because we still don't have any updates since Red Skull of Cabal being Hydra and Cabal, which is very, very cool for the game. And currently one of my favorite characters to play in the game. But we're going to talk about Blob and Pyro. And Chris, we're going to start off with Blob. I'm going to read through his stats real quick before we get into his attacks and superpowers. His name is the Blob. His ultra eager is Fred Dukes. On his healthy side, he has a stamina of six. On his injured side, he has a stamina of six, giving him a total of 12. He's a size three medium base character that moves short, and his defenses are four physical, two energy, two mystic. This is a pretty good start, Chris. 12 health is a lot for a three threat. That's a lot for a three threat, although... Groot beats him in this, though. Groot's got more health. Yeah, Groot. Groot's a pretty tanky young man, but yeah, Fred Dukes has a little bit more displacement don't know that I like him on pay to flips, but I do like that big physical defense. I really do. And as we all know, expect to see this character splashed uh, for a little while, folks. Absolutely. And we're going to jump a little bit out of format here, but in order to better understand his stats, we're going to talk about, ha ha ha, that tickles. It's a reactive superpower cost one. If this character would suffer damage from an attack, it may use a superpower, reduce the amount of damage suffered by one to a minimum of one. And there's a second part of the attack we'll get you later, but I'm using this reference now because it's essentially like he has the lizard Iron Man cage reduction, but he does have to pay one power for it. But that's okay because now we really know his health is technically a lot higher than 12. It's a lot higher than 12. It's pretty impressive, but he does have to pay for it, unlike those other characters. But Chris, we'll just start with his attacks. I'll read his first attack here. It's a physical strike attack. When when you know it's just called strike. It's range two, strength of five, power cost of zero. After the attack is resolved, Blob gains power equal to the damage dealt. And on a wild, he will trigger push. If the target is size three or less, Blob may push the target character away short. So the first thing that comes to my mind with this, Chris, because there's some parallels with this character and one of my favorite characters in the game lizard has a strike at range three with his tail his tail whip but it's only four dice that has a size three push on a wild blob has a harder hitting attack at range two with a size three push as well so the lizard analogies begin and there's actually a few of them but i find it very interesting that he you know five is good five is good and five dice to try to find a wild result is much better than four dice looking for the same wild results. So 100% and you want blob up front. Anyway, you want him contesting a point. You want him in the enemy's face. So yeah, I wish it was range three, but range two really not that big of a drawback for this guy. Oh yeah. And of course it's gotta be range two because the theme and yeah. Also you mentioned searching for that push, Chris, you're right. Getting one more dice chances go up a lot 
percentage wise. And, you know, let's put the frame of reference at home. If you've played toad or lizard or anything like that with their four dice and their push on their strikes with four dice, you've seen that happen. You've seen that happen a lot. Absolutely. For some reason it always happens. It feels like, and <laughs> that's only four dice. So five dice is increasing your chance. Cause I think the best part of this strike is a size three push, you know, a year ago and when they limited a lot of the push sizes and things like mm-hmm. that in the game, size three and up pushes became a premium. Yeah, yeah, there's characters that can do size three pushes. There's very few that can do size fours, but in size fives, but it's better now than it was. And uh size three is nothing to scoff at because uh he can push around some big characters that are on points and then he can stand on that point as you already alluded to let's move on to his spender jesse i think and just a little spoiler alert i think blob might have one of the most usable spenders in the game Mm. this is thunderous splash it is a physical attack range three strength of seven it will cost you three power before damage is dealt place the blob within range one of the target character on a wild you will trigger explosive force After this attack is resolved, other characters within range two of the blob are pushed away from the blob short. Characters pushed this way suffer one damage. That's awesome. Auto ping, last (laughs) activation, push everybody off the point. You score. Come on, man. This is... This is cool. It is cool. And the place to begin with is nice. This is one of the things that helps Crossbones get around is he has that overpower where he places off kind of doing his little wrestling move, gets him a lot of more movement that he doesn't have. Same with Blob. We talked about he's a short mover. We'll talk about it more now because it's one of his primary weaknesses that he's slow. I'm looking at all of you other Colossus players out there. You're very familiar with the medium base short move, right? I am. That's right. Chris and I very much are right now. But now I will mention about this explosive force, Chris. Yes. Range two is cool. Yes, the auto short push, no size restriction is awesome. You could push a size four character with this. So it gets around that whole size restriction thing earlier, right? We we're talking about. And then they all take a suffer damage. But keep in mind, it does say on here, and the theme is right, because this is his big wrestling move, right? This is his jump up and oh yeah, slam down. All characters. Yes. Not enemy characters, not allied characters, characters. So that means your allied characters are also pushed and suffer a damage. Now, if you're making this play and one of your ally characters get caught in the crossfire, you are prepared for that because you are netting more pushes on enemies than like maybe the one allied character getting pushed, right? You're thinking that before you do this. And that's how you need to be thinking about it. But keep that in mind. (laughs) This is going to be super effective on gamma and stuff like that, but it's also going to push your allies on gamma and stuff too. So some interesting play back and forth. Blob doesn't care. He's just, he's just popping down, knocking everybody. He's vibing. Yeah, it's really good. All right, Jesse, there's one more thing I think we're really excited about here. Mm-hmm. And this is another three cost character with a throw. Unfortunately, it is only a terrain throw. Thank goodness. But <laughs> his, his the, this power is catch little man. It's going to cost you three. Choose an interactive terrain feature size three or less within range two and throw it medium. Can only be used once per turn. Not bad. Of course, not the best throw we've ever seen, but it is a throw. He is going to be in Brotherhood, so it just makes sense. This works. It's good. I've said it many times on the show. Paying the cost of the terrain for the size is great. Not a lot of characters have that luxury, you know? A lot of some characters pay a higher premium for a smaller size, like economy-wise, you know? The lizard 
analogies continue, Chris. I'm going to talk about lizard's throw. Lizard's is, is a three, right? Of size three of terrain or enemy characters. So lizard's yeah, is a little stri- bit better. Strictly better, actually. But here's the difference. Lizard's is short. Yep. Blob's is medium. So already we're seeing some similarities and differences. So Blob can get terrain at you to deal more damage much easier. A lizard actually has trouble throwing terrain at people because of that short move, but Lizard can throw people short. So we got this interesting differences between the two of them. And I think it just fits their characters because once again, Lizard's not doing damage to you. He's just disrupting you and being tanky. Blob is actually doing some damage to you and being tanky at the same time. And they're just different in that way. You know, Lizard has more disruption with the longer tail for the pushes. You know, Lizard has more movement. Blob has less movement. It's so cool that we have two characters that are different sides of the similar coin. And it just continues because this kit gets cooler. It does. So let's revisit. Ha ha. That tickles. That's right. Because we have another clause to read. I will read the reread the beginning of it. This is a reactive superpower. It will cost you one power. If the blob would suffer damage from an attack, he may use this superpower. Reduce the amount of damage suffered by one to a minimum of one after the attack is resolved. If the attacking character is within range three of the blob, the blob may push the attacking character away short. Let's go yeah don't shoot him gross man fury junior players out there with your pistol <laughs> you're just gonna get thrown back theme on this is really good he's obviously doing the belly bounce but a couple things here so we mentioned up front you're paying one to reduce the amount suffered by one to a minimum of one so once again this isn't as good as crossbones or kingpin or juggernaut thank goodness you know it's not the it's not just to zero <laughs> So that's good. Also, those characters can do it from other effects, like a cube or something. His is only from enemy attacks, so that's helpful. This is good balance. But this ability is probably the bread and butter of his kit, right, Chris? Where it's like, if you stand next to him on a point, you're in trouble. If you stand away from him and shoot him on a point, you might be in trouble because he just controls you with his belly. Jesse, I hate to see this ability. This is going to completely nullify X-23 against the blob. I mean, you don't really want to throw her into him anyway because of the four physical defense dice. Uh, You'd rather be throwing mystic or energy attacks into the blob. but Right, which he does have a weakness against, thank goodness. Yeah, look, sometimes you're going to have to, right? And you're going to get that attack off, and he's just going to pay the one to push you away to, to make you burn another action to get back to hit him again or have to pay for a spender. It's just really good. It, it is more yeah. control. Maybe that's the key is you do the spender and he pushes you short because you're the attacker. You resolve how the after attacks resolved yeah. are resolved and he pushes you short and then you advance medium past where you were, but not where you wanted to be initially. Because normally when you do the spender on Laura, you're thinking I'm going to attack with someone to range three and I'm going to medium past them or something. Yeah. So in his case, it's like he pushes you short and then you get half your medium back, which is still okay. But yeah, it's... It's going to be rough, man. And that's the problem. He's always asking questions. Do you want to attack me or do you want to ignore me or what's happening? And his card continues. He has one more ability that closes him out that just brings this whole kit to a coup de grace. It's nothing can move the blob. So many exclamation marks at all these attacks and stuff, by the way. He's very enthusiastic. (laughs) On all these superpowers. The blob cannot be pushed or thrown as a result of attack special rules. Now, I'll get the obvious out of the way while we're here. He can be pushed or thrown from superpowers, 
that's actually very thematic with the comics and shows too, right? Where it's like you can see telepaths and stuff moving him, but you know, not someone pushing on him, right? And this is kind of the part that kind of solidifies him as everything we've been saying he is, this immovable tank on a point. Because now it doesn't matter if Lizard could push or throw you, because he can't push or throw the blob, period, right? From his attacks. But he could throw him from a throw superpower, but now you're innately taxing people in different ways because you're taking away parts of their kit that just are invisible now. And that's kind of a crazy thing. The way I see it is if you want to spend the power or a team tactics card to move my blob, you are welcome to. Yeah. And he kind of did his job, right? Exactly. Uh, There are plenty of characters I would rather not be moved that are a little more integral to to getting things done or that it would disrupt more and him getting thrown off a point just means you have one less team tactic card for me to go through it's true but keep in mind throwing blob a long distance is very bad for him because he is spending a turn to get back to where he was it is kind of a a balancing act you took something from them you took power for them to spend that you took a card as chris just said so he's a nuisance and he's pretty immovable on spots chris it's a pretty cool thing and that's his job his job is to sit on spots ask you questions do you really want to attack me and i do haha that tickles and i belly bounce you away do you really want to try to just deal damage to me and i probably survive through it right and then you wasted actions attacking him when maybe you could have double moved somewhere because at the end of the day attacking is great in mcp but moving is always premium you know and sometimes you can bait people into stuff like that where they waste attacks and stuff and he's one of those characters to do it also keep in mind chris he's size three so i mean it's already hard to throw him anyways like some characters just have size two throws right i'm looking at one of my favorite men in the game that's mr beast Beast can only throw size two, so Beast couldn't push him or throw him anyways, right? So he is a hard counter to some of these disruptive characters that do well into size two characters and characters that could be moved normally from attacks and stuff. So, and let's also not forget, probably one of the most common wild triggers in the game is a push on attacks. So he's just nullifying one of the most common wild triggers in the yep. game. Yep. <laughs> so that's pretty Gross. cool. And that's that's giving him a little bit of um, more economy too, right? Because he, you're you're getting, and presumably if you're putting him in the place you want to be, you're getting more strikes off. You're not being pushed away and having to take actions to move back, which we call the quasi stagger on this show, right? Where right. Like, I just have to move back, right? He's not worried about that. So uh, he's very cool. I think the biggest thing with him is he's going to be power starved because he's going to spend his power excellently, right? Yeah. He so, has a lot of ways to spend that power. Yeah. A, a lot of know good how to ways. Do it. Exactly. It's it's a question of figuring out when and what and where to spend <laughs> that power. <laughs> right. And guess what, guys? That's going to be a trend on our next character, Pyro, St. John Allardyce, who, man, Chris, did they nail this character? I am so excited about the theme of this character. So Pyro, another three threat character. So that's the second three threat character we got here. And he has a stamina uh, on his healthy side. He has a stamina of five on his injured side. He has a stamina of five, putting him with that average three threat, 10 health. His defenses are three physical, four energy, three mystic. So he's got that slight buff in the energy defense, which makes a lot of sense. And then he's a medium move and he's a size two. I mean, my thoughts right out of the gate with this, Chris, are these are the most basic three threat stats period right just very basic i mean he's got the one extra defense sure. dice on energy which paid a flip alert by the way yeah i know spot um, portals we see you mm-hmm. yeah this is this is pretty basic stuff <laughs> let's see what sets him apart well chris we're gonna 
to the surprise of no one, his card is covered in text. So we're going to read his three attacks first, and then we're going to talk about his superpowers. So his first attack is an energy attack called Fire Blast. It's range four, strength of five, power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Pyro gains one power. On a wild, he will trigger Incinerate. After the attack is resolved, the enemy character gains the Incinerate special condition. This is a what the community lovingly calls a gainer, not a builder, because I'm just going to spoil it while we're here, Chris. Pyro does not have a strike at all. He's just a gainer guy. That's his thing. And you know what? I've kind of personally grown to just love gainers because you I'm just nev- I'm never guessing the math of my future turns when I'm doing the chess thing you talked about, Chris, where it's like I'm right. playing my future turns. I never have any issues knowing how much I'm going to have to pay for things. And, you know, it's so much so it's like I've played so much shield now and even when I have opportunities to stab with Fury's knife, which is a strike, or his pistol, which is the same strength attack, but the pistol's a gainer, I just do the I just do the pistol. Because to me, I'm like, I know Fury's gonna get one more power off this, you know? I'm not I'm not disappointed, you know? Because at the end of the day, gainers, even when you don't deal damage, you're still getting one power, which is awesome. They're not as good as rapid fire, but they're good. Nothing's as good as rapid fire. <laughs> it's true. And I, I do love that range four on this too. Oh, it's really nice. good. Range four is five nice. dice. Yeah. Very he's nice. uh he's one range behind cable and rocket. So that's pretty cool. I mean, when you know how long cable and rockets range is, which is pretty mm-hmm. nuts. Five is just such a premium, and four is still very uncommon in the game. So yeah. That's it's unique. So we do have a way to build some power on this kit, and it's with this next attack. It is an energy attack. It is flame jet. It is a beam three, strength four power cost of zero after each attack is resolved this character gains one on a wild you will trigger incinerate so another this is a great way to try to spike into some more power you know line up a a three target flame jet you're gonna get three you're gonna throw 12 dice Uh, you're gonna Mm -hmm. get three power and hopefully you incinerate some fools yeah he's all about incinerating turns out the guy that manipulates fire is all about incinerating people but yeah, it's cool that he has a second gainer that is more dangerous. Range three is dangerous for him. But as Chris said, you're only going to choose to do this when you've got two or th- three people lined up. It's just how right. it is. So worst case scenario, this is just gaining a bunch of power, which is great. Best case scenario, some of these dice spike and you do some damage to some of these characters. But closing out, he does have a spender attack. His third and final attack is an energy attack called Inferno, putting all three of his attacks at energy. It's range two, so his attacks are descending order, range four, three, and two. It's a strength of seven and a power cost of three, kind of that normal spender attack range of seven for three. Before this attack is resolved, the target character gains the incinerate special condition. So you're just going to gain incinerate automatically off this one, no fishing for wilds. And before damage is dealt, other enemy characters within two of the target suffer one damage. So, you know, at worst case scenario, Chris, this is... uh, People are grouped up. You might just do this to do like three pings, you know, <laughs> and just expect your spender dice to not hit on the target. Right. I love auto incinerate. Auto incinerate. It's incredible. Absolutely. But now we got to get into his superpowers because this is really a big deal for this character. Jesse, I'm very excited about this first superpower. It is an mm. active superpower. It is called Firewall. It will cost you two power. Choose an enemy character within range three of Pyro. The chosen character gains the root and slow special conditions. 
this superpower may only be used once per turn. And just as a little refresher for everyone, the root condition reads, the character must spend one power before using an active or reactive superpower. So you're slapping them with a power tax there. And of course, the slow special condition reduces you to only being able to use the short movement tool uh, on all of that character's or advances. This is pretty debilitating for a lot of characters. Oh, yeah. This is just a web warrior killer. Yes. I mean, web warrior is already power starved. They want to use two powers every turn. They want to move with their long movements just ruins them entirely it just does but yeah this is a really cool ability chris i mean let's say we didn't the conditions were just something else on this i would happily pay two power on a character to give an enemy two different conditions you know and really yes. slow has some cool synergy with pyro keeping people kind of in his turret range because he wants to double tap every turn that's going to be his goal i'm just saying it now before we get to the discard and also Little taxes. We talked about this recently on our Mega Red episode. We've talked about it in the past in other episodes. Little taxes add up by game end, and Loki is proof of that. And guess what? This also stacks with Loki. So you could root and nasty, slow them. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Loki's around. Now they're paying two before they do any superpower. Just debilitating. Actually mean. Very mean. Yeah. And this actually can help putting some tax on those big bad characters in the meta right now where it's just like there's big characters out there that want to do everything they want to do on their turn normally and this is just a way to slow them down you know i found that like even something as simple as slow on malekith really does hurt him a little bit you know because he is trying to charge every turn and when he goes from a medium charge with flight on a big base to a short charge with flight on a big base you really are kind of dictating where he can go and what does he want to shake that you know and not double attack or just you know what i mean right so you put him in interesting positions i find it very cool but the problem with pyro is uh, power management, you know, <laughs> and we're going to get that to the next ability. He has an active, super, another active superpower called Stoke the Flames, costs three power, very expensive. Looks very familiar. During the next attack action made by this character this turn, add two dice to its attack rolls. This is Friday AI, you know, this is buffing up your next beam pretty good, or just your next fire blast, which is probably the main use of this. You're just going to. You know, like there's going to be the situations where it's like maybe round one you moved and you and your opponent gave you one shot, right? With a fire right. blast. Round two, hopefully you're going to shoot, stoke the flames because you got power from the power phases, you know, and then shoot again or something. Or like just set up some future turns of damage because a big part of this is getting his incinerates online earlier, really. The way you got to look at this is you're giving yourself two more chances to get that wild for the incinerate on his different attacks. Exactly. And As it turns out, incinerates are pretty good for his kit. You want to get them rolling as quickly as you can because we're looking at one more superpower. It is innate. It is called fire manipulation. It's nuts. When Pyro targets an enemy character with an attack, after the attack is resolved, if the target character has the incinerate special condition, this character may choose another enemy character within range two of the target character. The chosen character gains the incinerate special condition. So you're just spreading this incinerate throughout their team. Mm-hmm. And now we, we have a couple of interactions here that really show us that we want pyro on clumpy maps. We yes. want pyro 
in maps where he can stay within range that range four three to four bubble mm-hmm. and he can pop in and pop out as he needs to to really just debilitate the enemy team not only is does he have potential to throw a lot of dice but his taxing potential is nuts with an incinerate linked to every one of his attacks you're taxing defense dice yep that's huge just just there now that's his number one role yeah 100 percent. now if you're getting some flame jets off you're getting these incinerates spread fire manipulations working they're clumping now we've got firewalls online now in in rounds three and four and mm-hmm. five we are keeping all of their biggest characters from moving too much mm-hmm. and making sure that their power economy is much worse than normal, which is just going to slow them down. This character just slows everyone down. He presents a problem that honestly you have to deal with, whether it be avoiding him, flipping sides of the field, or taking him off the field. Pyro is a three threat that demands your attention. Perfectly said, Grizz. Yeah, he is a problem. and. He is weak early game. He's very weak early game. But like you said, that rounds four, five, and six, watch out because he finally has tons of power and he's going to be doing so many things to your team because his only he only has a couple weaknesses and one of them is power economy. And I love that he has gainers for this reason. I love that AMG kind of reined him in. And I also mentioned about this fire manipulation while we're here, you're the attacker when you're playing Pyro. So it says, if the target character has the incinerate special condition, Pyro may choose another enemy character within two of the target character. So as the attacker, you get to choose the order of triggers first. So you can actually, if you fire blasted Steve in front of you and Black Widow's behind him, and you just now gave Steve a, a wild incinerate, you can immediately give Black Widow an incinerate too because Steve is getting that incinerate and then Widow's getting it. So it's kind of nuts that he's, even when people aren't clumped, if they're just in duos, there's a chance he can always double incinerate people, right? And that's just debilitating because here you thought you were pretty safe putting your tanky character up front, that's Steve or something. Steve is in bodyguard range too, right? Now inadvertently, Steve got his friends on fire as well because he was just trying to be a good bodyguard like he like he is in the game. So it gets around some of these things that are dominating the game right now, which is uses of bodyguards, things like that, right? It's a nice counterplay to bodyguard. It's a good option. We've got, a, like you said, we've got a lot of bodyguard going around. As we should, right now, we're in a yeah, big character it's, meta, yeah, it's great, and it and it makes these, it makes these bodyguard characters, you know, it's great. I love it. It, it adds a lot of diversity to the game, but it's mm-hmm. very, very good to have counterplay options that don't automatically dumpster. <laughs> and, and I think, I think this is a pretty good one. Taking away a defense <laughs> dice from both of them if they don't deal with you. Yeah, careful where you place Cage with that Heroes for Hire. Exactly. He he took the attack, your character survived, but now inadvertently your character got incinerated because Cage is right by him. So there's just cool, cool things going on. And we got to talk about some of his weaknesses because we are here. He's extremely glass cannony. He he could just die. He has no defensive tech and he has no mobility. No, he's so slow. He has no charge. He has no hit and run. He has right. no flight or anything. So his dream scenario is very similar to a Captain Marvel where it's like you want to be sitting somewhere and turreting as much as you can. And that's how you have to think about turn zero with him is how can I maximize getting as many of these gainers off as possible to kind of put out more incinerates, do damage and and 
fund my future turns. And if you got to do a major repivoting with him, that's where he struggles. So I find it very cool that he is just this very powerful character when you're in his sphere of influence, but he's got a big weakness when it comes to staying alive. And he's got a big weakness when it comes to mobility. And that's how they balanced him. He is this fire mage that is just crazy good at the fire mage role, but doesn't have a lot of else. And that's pretty cool, Chris. Also, you know, I love the theme that he's not immune to incinerate because that's the theme of St. John here. He's he's never been immune to fire. His suit's immune to fire. Right. And he can't create fire. He can only control it and manipulate it. It's it's mutant stuff, man. It's so good. <laughs> I love, you know, Achilles heels like that in characters. It forces the mm-hmm. writers to be more creative. It leads to better stories. It meets, leads to more memorable and interesting characters. This is a perfect example. Absolutely. And also presents interesting questions for the meta going forward, where it's like, if we are going to see a lot of pyro everywhere, do Torch, Ghost Rider, Voodoo, these type of characters that are immune to incinerate, do their stocks go up? Probably so, right? So that's pretty cool. Like, I love the counterplay there, and I love how much hurt pyro can put out, but also there's characters that are on fire in some way, and they're, they're, they're just not affected by this. So it's just awesome, man. A character with three energy attacks... Agreed. Wants to sit somewhere and do the damage. And I'm very impressed. I mean, I I think they nailed the theme of this character and he's going to fit a good role in many, many teams. And guess what, Chris in brotherhood and mags brotherhood, he's going to have the power. (laughs) He just is. He absolutely is going to have the power. I like him. I like him in quite a few places. Of course. Mags brotherhood, clearly uh, the, the leader do not like him against shield. Hmm. One bit. <laughs> they you know, I have to keep that in shoot. mind. I have to keep that in mind with every character now because because <laughs> of your little shield deep dive. I never know when you're going to pull them back out. You know, it's true. That's very true. So I yeah. got I got to be thinking about that. We'll just that use a lot of physical guns at him. Yeah, and that I, in the, eye in the sky got me way too many times. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's yeah, going to no, happen. I, I think he's a great fit for a Guardians team or an X Men team. Um, I also think he's a cool counter to teams like. Guardians or it's or X-Men where they're keeping a good X-Men players always keeping all their hop options in place in my experience. Yep. And when all your hop options are in place, everyone's within two of each other to be incinerated. So it's a weird mind game going on there, but also like he's an interesting counter to Guardians because they kind of always play Rocket and Groot. And this makes Rocket and Groot very sad. Like spreading fire between the two of them. Yeah pinging rocket with a spender, you know, when get around Groot's bodyguard, cool stuff like that. But I, I think he fits the, that team really well, Chris on their team. I want to test him in X-Force. I like firewall in X-Force quite a bit. I like being Mm. able to slow down those objective runners. I I like more incinerates being handed out uh, on the field. Big time. That helps. That helps cable. And that's another, yeah. And he's another gun to it right behind cable. While Cable can kind of play defensive tech for him. so Which he lacks. Which he lacks. So I, I like the fit. I am not sure about the power generation. Hmm. Not sure if yeah. we can, we're going to be able to make that work, but uh, we're going to find out. Yeah, we're going to find out. I think he could fit into a lot of teams, and we'll talk at the end a little bit more about some blob and pyro ideas for teams. But we're going to close out this section of cards with blob and pyro's special tactics card. So the first one we're going to read, Chris, is Leapfrog. It's an unaffiliated reactive card. And this is a Toad and Blob combo card. 
after an allied toad deals damage with an attack. So keep in mind, toad has to deal damage to get this off. An allied, the blob, and toad may each spend one power to play this card. Blob may make a short advance and then make a strike action. Notice it doesn't say towards the enemy that toad did. Notice it doesn't say towards or away advance. It just says Many advance. Options. This is really cool because it's contingent on toad dealing damage, which is, you know, a scary proposition. It is scary, but they're going to have one power because you're going to get every turn. And this is a free short move. I would do this card if it was just a free short move on Blob. Because that's his weakness, right? I I don't know. I'm a little more reserved on this card. The payoff is actually excellent. It's the hoop that I don't know about jumping through. Um, I I really hate the idea of not getting this card off Mm. in in a game that goes to six rounds. Uh, I really do not like the idea of Toad, my objective runner, my my extract specialist, having to get up into range two and three to try to get some attacks off. And if you can set it up round one, round round two, two. I I, I like. But uh, without a clear, defined plan on how you're going to make that happen, I, I'm not a huge fan of this card, although I am a huge fan of this card from a lore and, you know, kind of fantasy perspective. The combo. Yeah. Ugh. I think the biggest thing with this card is I think it's less about toad dealing damage and more about how often are you playing toad and blob? I think this is an obvious given card for brotherhood players, but yeah, then you start getting outside of that brotherhood purview and it's like, okay, toad and blob are in my 10 person roster but how often they coming out together how often am i still affiliated maybe a good example is criminal syndicate in this because i could see you know they're both people who work well in criminal syndicate but it's like they're not affiliated then so i think in the brotherhood shell you wear this mystique's team or mags's team i think this card is excellent because it's just bob getting a f- two free actions in a game just think of it that way, you know, yeah. that didn't exist, that don't exist. They're not even actions he can normally get in a normal game is great. Um, and I think maybe maybe the place for this is that Mystique Brotherhood, really, because you're already a wider team. Toad's, yeah, he's pulling less of the extract weight. Losing Toad in that team is really uh, not, not doesn't phase me at all. Not uh, a big deal, in, like in the game Mags. with him, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, especially Mystique, you've got a long mover on the field to make up for that. It's okay. No, this card definitely has a place. I just don't know. It's not going to be something you're going to see a lot. It's, uh, it's not an auto include with blob and toad. I'll just say that. Yeah. I think it could be a strong auto, including strong, including 10 brotherhood 10. Yes. But yeah, this out of affiliation situation, I'm not sure. I can see blob and toad being a, a couple of models that you will see pop up in non-affiliated mm-hmm. tens a lot. I think you're going to see them in a lot of tens uh, together, as a matter of fact. Obviously, the dream of this card would be like, it'd be like Toad's turn, and you like do an attack with Toad, Blob gets this free short move and a strike on someone, Blob pushes that size three person off a point, and then you move away with Toad or something. And you did, right. like you basically did a Blob activation during Toad's turn while still taking two actions with Toad. So like, it is very high level play, and um, it just they don't even have to be together. Look, man, the start practicing part. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they could be on separate sides of the map, which is kind of nuts. I'm just having that realization. The the payoff is the <laughs> getting this one live uh, live time, folks. Uh, no, the payoff's awesome. 
it's like, would you like to Avengers assemble and then Wakanda forever with Blob? Yes. Yes. I, I would. suppose I would. I suppose I would, but you have to deal damage to Toad before that. Okay. Interesting. Now I do like that. It's like any attack on Toad. So it could be his acid spit attack, which that's obviously what, does much that's more That's what damage. I'm hoping for is being able to get that off. And yeah. that's another potential incinerate. So I do love that. <laughs> Start all the incinerates. I keep track of incinerates in this game. I am a oh, cable player. Do. Yeah. Human torch will come around uh, mm. more. Yeah, he's assembled. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, I'm going to read this one more card, and this I think it's going to spark some interesting discussion because this card is awesome. Pyrotechnics. It's also unaffiliated and active. So just like I mentioned with the Toad and Blob card, you can play to any Toad and Blob team. This is any Pyro team that Pyro's on, which is great. So he doesn't have to be Brotherhood for this. Pyro may spend X power to play this card. For each power spent, choose an enemy character with the Incinerate special condition and within range three of Pyro. Each chosen character drops one objective token it is holding and and then is pushed away short from Pyro. I'll get the obvious out of the way before we talk about how strong this is. The drop happens before the pushes. So not only are you making them drop objectives, but you're pushing them away outside of the range. They could even pick it up the next turn. They'll have to move to pick it up again. Quasi stagger. Yeah, that quasi stagger. It's this card is it's awesome. We're not going to try to oversell it here, but I think we're at a point with this card where we're at the same point with like, do you know who I am? Usurp the throne. Oh, baby. You know, where it's like, oh, you're playing Killmonger list? Well, Usurp the Thrones in your 10, right? And they're like, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Oh, you're playing Juggernaut in your list? (laughs) Do you know who I am in your 10, right? Yeah, of course. Clearly. So I think this is encroaching on that range. What do you think, Chris? I, oh, is it, is it auto include? In your 10. On your five. In your 10. I I know. I know. Uh, Man, it is right there. If it's. If it's not oh, worse, an auto include, it is. Yeah. If it's not an auto include, it is very, very close. If it's not auto include, you might need to reassess some of your generic cards. Like, are you really using all these generic cards? I know. Look, yeah, it's this good. is cool. I mean, he's just a monster on hammers, is he not? <laughs> Spider gracious. Yeah, cubes, man. Cubes. Just the the sheer amount of chaos that this character can create is awesome. I mean, both of them really. I mean, Blob is is more focused on secures uh yeah with the chaos he can create but pyro my goodness he's more conditions yeah but this kind of takes him over the top right because you're giving him a a black cat voodoo type thing you know for a turn look he's good against black cat too with that root and slow i mean this is good the push is what takes her the top chris oh i know it's I so know. rude because, I mean, torches is great. His t- his hot touch is great, but you still have to pay for it, get in range of them, touch them. And that's one character, right? This is spend X. So it's like, you're like, oh, I'm only going to make one time use though. Yeah. One time use, but it's like, oh, we're playing Krikor. Okay. I'll pay the one, you know, but it's like, Gosh, oh, we're playing. You got to run Domino with him now, right? Oh yeah. Probably. I mean, one, one power auto incinerate range three. That's pretty good. Well, I just think Indomino just shreds anything that he's set up with incinerates, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. not, but I'm just saying she, she has that one power for a uh, mm-hmm. target is automatically incinerated, which it yeah, just the grenade bounce. drives me wild, baby. It's so good. It's so good at range four of all things. Yeah, this yes, race four. Excuse me. I said three earlier. My bad. This card is amazing, Chris. This card is absolutely amazing. I think every team that wants to play Pyro is going to try this card and they should. You I have think to. It's, it's very strong. You and have to I think, play test it. Yeah. And it's the pushes is kind of the, the very 
it's like the beautiful icing on top where it's like, not only did I make you drop your objectives, but as we talked about, I gave you sort of a quasi stagger or just a push because there's no size restriction on the push. So once again, we're getting around that size thing with a powerful card. I love that AMG has been doing this where they've just been releasing less generic cards and releasing better character cards that are more powerful and inspiring Absolutely. you to be like, oh, this pushes characters of any size, even though Pyro can't really push well, any characters, right? It's giving him that one big superpower swing, but with a card. I do this fairly often, uh, and that's compare this game to a MOBA, but we're getting closer and closer to these character-specific tactics cards feeling like, you know, your ulti or yeah. something like that. Here's you know, for hire, baby. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're waiting for the right time to use this, this very powerful thing this character can do. And I don't, it's fun. <laughs> it's really it's fun. Super fun. No, it's really strong. And, and it makes Pyro, who is already an exciting character, that much more exciting. Right. And absolutely. I don't know. It's, AMG continues to wow us, Chris, and and this is a good example where it's like, we're going to talk about these characters now. They're two three-threat workhorse characters at their role that are really good at what they do, but what they do is a very specific role, and they've both got a great character card that is worth considering playing when you play them, and they're both great members of the Brotherhood, and that's the only place we can assume they're going to be, but... Oh man, I, I'm not going to say that we're going to see them everywhere in the game over the next couple of months, because no. I... You know, we never want to say that, but I do think that if you had a three threat turret character in your list, they could easily be swapped out with with Pyro. If you had a tanky three threat character to set on points like a lizard, they could easily be swapped out with Blob. And and that's where it's cool, where it's like they might be the de facto splashes, but I do think they're just great splashes in general. And no one would ever fault you for bringing these characters because they're fun and they're very strong. Well, yeah, and we're getting to the point where we're finally fleshing out these archetypes a little bit more. So like you were saying, you, you drew so many comparisons to lizard because that's, I mean, we've got what lizard and cage and recently red guardian, as far as three tank or three, three threat, you know, true kind of tanks in recent and recent time. Yeah, it's more of bruiser, you know, even then, yeah, but for sure. So now we have another three threat pure tank with a little mm-hmm. bit of bruiser splash in there. And Some now we're just, too. we're starting to flesh out the different varieties, the different ways you can explore that, that kind of archetype build. And now we're starting to get options on which, which one, the differences in these powers, which one fits my team better, which one fits my needs more, or which one fits the meta I'm going into more maybe you know they're just going to have different ups and downs against different characters which is what makes this game so fun the more characters we get the more complex it gets the more interactions that are possible and that's it's why we love this game perfectly said yeah it's absolutely true chris the best part of this game is that we can spend time theory crafting practicing characters like blob and pyro for instance and then we can splash them into other teams and we can really let our imaginations fly wild with concept of these characters working with whatever team we're playing. But also you're kind of rewarded for your practice with them and you're rewarded by doing the coolest part of MCP, which is this is the only miniatures game in the entire world that's ever existed where you can splash any model in any team all the time, any given moment, right? And it's like, that makes our game so fun. And it also makes like the things you just talked about more interesting because it's like well the meta's changing or oh you know we're, there's a an abundance of characters with weak energy defense right now but they're dominating in other ways well maybe pyro 
shows up, right? He has one job, lots of energy attacks, you know, yeah. and incinerates. And it's just very cool. And we also don't know what the future holds for crises. Like mm, when more crises come out, characters like this. That's the million dollar question. They might get it even better, you know, like because of their Oh, role. I imagine. You're going to get more more kind of niche characters that are are going to be shine in specific crises. Yeah. But I think you're really excited about these, right, Chris? Because you're... Oh, yeah. You've been talking about going back to your Mystique Brotherhood. They obviously slot right in. They're two, three threats that she needs and wants, probably, especially Bob. Needs badly. Yeah. yeah. Needs badly. Yeah. More three threats. But also... Mags just turns both of these guys on so quickly with his power generation for his team. I mean, it's kind of awesome, right? That they, these characters clearly both struggle early game because they want a lot of power to do things. And Mags can kind of help them get through yeah, that early game quicker. Absolutely. Right. So that's the only lens we have right now to look at them through. We talked about some ideas for teams of pyro. I mean, the first idea I have for blob and we've already talked about on the show, of course, we're going to see him in the criminal syndicate, of course. And he's going to be a big question asker in that team. We're going to have a lot of trouble fighting criminal syndicate players over the coming time because they should be trying blob. They really should. And using his belly bounce, to really just do what Criminal Syndicate wants to do, be resilient, sit on points, control people off, push them off, and score out early. So that's interesting, you know? So there's a lot of things going on that make these characters even more cool in the coming year, really. But you know how the game goes, too. There might be a model that comes out a year from now that turns these both these characters on even more. You know? Absolutely. That's one of the things I love the most is seeing... Seeing some characters we haven't seen in a while suddenly are very good because someone a recent more recent release maybe complements their power set very well. It's it's it, it makes it feel like a very living game. It's very cool. Oh, absolutely. And these characters are not two of my favorite characters in the mutant canon, and AMG has me wanting to play them so bad because they're such good design and they're evocative of the characters that I know, despite them not being favorite characters of mine. I know what these characters are. I know how they fight. I know how they act. And the fact that they kind of nailed these two characters that mean less to me in the mutant world, but they nailed the way they are and and they feel like the characters I'm like, I'm all about playing them, you know? And um, I told you I'm in the throes of X-Men testing and uh Oh, it's, it's going on right now. Lots of it. It's really fun. And uh, Pyro's slotting in when he comes out and he's painted, you know, and well, I'm, I'm sure. Time. You know, why not? Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a patron of Fury's Finest by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Find us online at, on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury'sFinest.com with any inquiries, ideas, collaborations, and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. You Spotify people keep showing up. It means a lot to us. Even if you're not a big Spotify podcast listener, that's a good example of what I am. I'm a big Spotify user, but not a big Spotify listener. If you could get on and leave us a review on Spotify because you, maybe your primary podcast platform won't allow it, that would mean a lot to us. It would mean a great, great deal. Please keep spreading the word about the show. Rate, review, subscribe. Every little bit helps. And you guys are just the absolute best. Thank you so much. Couldn't agree more. Resounding the best. Thanks for approaching Nirvana for our show's music. And you can find Chris and I online. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Also, you can find me on Discord at Fury's Finest because 
LVO season is coming up. Hype is building. And I Let's do want to see everyone there that I can possibly see in the short amount of time that will be allotted when I go. And also factor into the time of playing, which eats up your days. But there's going to be some good hangs at nighttime, I hope. It's going to be great. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Shay Gilgis Alexander is him. Well, so this was a really fun episode, Chris. I'm actually, we have so much fun with the news and I'm glad that we waited like we normally do until we got the character cards because Bob and Pi were exciting enough, but then we talked about the character cards and it just like shot it through the roof, you know? So stay tuned, listener, as we do another new segment very soon when we get the final pieces of Sabretooth and Wolverine, hopefully. Oh, baby. We're, and we're going to talk about them as one lump sum and Weapon X as a whole and kind of our, our news update for that, right, Chris? So excited for that. I'm so excited to get the final pieces to yes. that Weapon X puzzle so we can really start theory crafting for real. Yeah, it's a team that Chris and I are obviously going to actively both pursue and play and have fun with. And these are both two models that I just... I'm over the moon for. So I cannot wait. But until then, thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 